holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. Hope you're well. Been an interesting week for the Arsenal. Started badly, let's face it, but in the end, we qualified for the last 16 of the Champions League for the 15th consecutive season. Just leaving a bit of a gap there because this is a new interactive Arscast. And this is the bit, when I left that gap there, you're supposed to mentally think, yep, we qualified, all right, but we're going to get knocked out immediately by one of the best teams. So there may be occasions when I leave a gap and and you can put in your own smart comment because that's the way it works these days, you see. You say something and then immediately you get 50 replies uh, from people who are looking at it, I suppose, in, in the most negative way possible. It feels like it was one of those weeks right up until Wednesday when we won a game and it kind of calmed down a bit. Funny that, isn't it? The correlation between winning and people not being absolutely frustrated beyond belief. Something the club should take on board, I think. Because, you know, it would make everyone's life a lot easier. And I'm sure they've thought of this. It would make everyone's life a lot easier if we won more. Players would would be happier. Manager would be happier. Fans would be happier. Board would be happier. Why don't they just do that instead of all this not winning stuff that they've been doing lately? I mean, what's the point of that? Seems to me... Utterly unreasonable for them to to engage in such practices when when the obvious thing to do is not do that. Football is a very simple game. I left another gap there so you can just insert the bit, yeah, you're a simple game. But that's fine. I accept that. But look, the week started badly and then it got kind of better on the pitch and then it got a little bit worse off the pitch because we've got millions and millions of, of injuries. Injuries on Arsenal? I go back to what I was saying just a few seconds ago. How about we don't get injuries? Just to try it. Maybe we might not like it. Maybe it's not for us. But maybe if we didn't get injuries, it might just help us not lose. And that goes back to the whole not losing thing. So I think inadvertently we have stumbled across the solution to everybody's problems. And by everybody, I mean everybody associated with with Arsenal. Um, How how to make them happy? Simple, simple. Put it down. We get a PDF together, a PowerPoint presentation. And we just go into Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis. First thing, don't lose. Stop losing. Stop doing that. And also, stop uh, players getting injured. Let's not get injured. Let's remain. What's the opposite of injured? I don't know that there is a word in the Arsenal lexicon that describes that. Less injured? Slightly damaged? Partially banjaxed? Half maimed? Well, I don't know what it is. 
I'm sure there's a word out there that probably fit. Ah, but look, yeah, that's what we should do. And I had a very interesting email this week from Arsenal's wellness partners. Honestly, they're doing some kind of social media promotion and and what have you. And and, uh, they said, I am contacting you on behalf of... uh, I won't mention their name because they're probably already regretting the decision. But they said, uh, we're the official wellness partners of Arsenal FC. Imagine. I mean, people give out about our, our sales and marketing people and all that. But imagine being able to sell the official wellness partner package. Like, who the fuck would want to buy that? I guess it'd be like Lance Armstrong's official vitamin partner, something like that. And in the pictures of the wellness, they've got, um, well, they've got Callum Chambers and they've got Aaron Ramsey. And then they've got Theo Walcott, not very well at the moment. Mikel Arteta, also not well, having uh, got, got injured during the game against Dortmund in midweek. I feel sorry for Arteta. Uh, he was having a great game, and I think, despite the fact everyone would uh, agree, probably that we could we could invest in somebody for that holding midfield position uh, who could bring some qualities to the team that we don't necessarily have. Arteta, right at this moment, is is the best player that we have in that position, but the calf is not well. It's not part of the wellness thing. It wouldn't be a poster boy for official wellness of Arsenal. This season, it's, what, three times now that the calf has gone? And uh, he looked absolutely gutted. And then, of course, we have Jack Wilshere, out for three months because he needs surgery. I don't know if you can hear that, but I I think there's a biplane going along outside. Anyway, let's not worry about it. Jack Wilshere has had to have surgery on his ankle. Um, his left ankle was the right ankle that kept him out of uh, of so much football down down the years. But um, that that's bad news. It is bad news. Um, I see people all the time going, "Well, you know, it might not be a bad thing to be without Wilshire." But look, here here's what we have: we've got Arteta out injured now, Wilshire out injured now, Flamini. Anyone convinced by Matthew Flamini? That little bit of silence there was not for a smart remark. It was actually just to wait and see if anyone answered. Anyone? Right, see, there you go. Then we've got Aaron Ramsey. Has been known from time to time to pick up the odd injury, right? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And then Thomas Rosicki. Not really a central midfield player, more of a number 10. Sandy Cazorla. You know, it's not like we're chock full of midfielders. We can't afford to lose two of them. Callum Chambers, could he play in defensive midfield like Arsene Wenger said he could? But then who plays right back? We do have Tabushi coming back at some point quite soon, so maybe that could be an option. But look, we, we just don't need any more injuries. The problems are just relentless now. You look at somebody like Yaya Sonogo on Wednesday got a big break, got his first Arsenal goal, something uh, he's obviously been dying for, something Arsene Wenger has been dying for, fans have been looking forward to seeing him score, he scores had a good game overall and then in the second half falls victim to a hamstring injury that's four players down in a week Chesney of course, Wilshire, Arteta Sonogo wellness partner yes That sounds like a good marketing opportunity. We'll take it. I'm just hoping that they don't have their offices at the top of a very tall building because 
it could go wrong. But look, the week that started badly and kind of went badly in terms of injuries went relatively well on the pitch because finally we learned a few of the lessons that we've been handed in the games against Anderlecht, uh, Swansea, Manchester United. It took us long enough, but we got there. And it was a very controlled, measured performance against Dortmund. Obviously, Dortmund, I don't think were as switched on as they were when we played them in the first game, but they were still a team that turned us over pretty comprehensively uh, in Germany. So to to do what we did in the circumstances in which we did it, I think we don't really have any choice but to take the positives out of that. You can say, well, look, they weren't really trying or their form in the Bundesliga has been terrible, but their form in the Bundesliga was terrible when they beat us in the first place. I think for, for the confidence and the belief, we have to look at that game and say there are a lot of positives to take from it. What's also important is that we look at that game and figure out why things were positive that the team played with much more common sense, much more caution. We didn't go gung-ho. We didn't go chasing down things we didn't need to to chase down. We kept men behind the ball. Dortmund found it very difficult to get in behind us. Um, They didn't catch us on the counter. When they did break, we had men there ready to snuff out the danger. So, uh, you know, it it was a very good performance overall and a very much needed win. It also means we qualify for the last 16, there you go. Just waiting for you to insert your smart comment there. Uh, a goal for Sonogo. Um, and his injury probably isn't the most damaging because the only reason he played was because uh, Giroud was ineligible for the Champions League until the knockout stages. Uh, another goal for Alexis. And what more can you say about him? What more can you say? He's just amazing. And I don't think he could look at any player on the night and say they were found wanting. Some people who have been struggling for form a little bit played pretty well. Um, so, look, let's hope it's a step forward. Um, it's, a, it's a small step forward, obviously, and we've got a lot to prove, per Mertesacker saying after the game. We still have to prove it in the Premier League. Uh, and that's true, and that starts this weekend against West Brom, but discussion of that still to come. Remember, this Arsecast is brought to you in association with our friends at Savile Rogue. That's Savile-Rogue.com, purveyors of the finest football scarves and hats and gloves and beanies and uh, wallets and uh, hip flasks, which you can fill with delicious things to keep you warm when you're going to the football. Last week, we had a competition where we've got a couple of scarves to give away. We've got another competition to come between now and the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll give you the winners. Uh, We give you the discount code where you can get your Christmas shopping uh, from Savile Rogue with a 10% discount. But now, time to welcome our guest to the show this week. You'll know him from uh, the excellent Football Ramble podcast. He's also a stand-up comedian. It's Jim Campbell. Welcome back. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Um, I'm thankful for a a good result against Dortmund last night because given the mood... Uh, and given your profession, I was just going to let you do a routine for about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it. It would have been awful. I would not have been looking forward to this conversation if uh, if it had gone as so many games had gone before. But it was a, a huge improvement, wasn't it? A yeah. Massive improvement. And uh, you know, we've seen before in seasons past where a good result against Dortmund, oh, okay, that one was away, has been a springboard, and uh, we certainly need that right now. I think it's it's really important to take the positives from this one because all the things that we've been complaining about and right complaining about in terms of the way the team has been playing uh, Cavalier attitude not getting men behind the ball going yeah. ahead and then trying to win games by more goals and we need to win games we addressed all those problems uh, better late than never I guess 
Absolutely. I, th- I think part of the reason for a lot of the really basic sloppy mistakes we've been making, actually, um, is that if you're if you're low on confidence, then you, you're hesitant in your decisions, and that sort of obviously explains some of the um, some of the kind of crazy decisions in front of goal. But I, I wonder if that's been applying to the defenders as well, because you know against Man United we ha- we had like at points it seemed like we had twelve players in front of the uh, in, you know in front of the ball in their half, and and it, it was it was madness. So. I think perhaps maybe on the training ground this week, Wenger has said, look, just do the basics, do your job. You made a, a great point in the, in the blog today about Per Mertesacker and just very deliberately staying back when we were 2 up, not needing to, ch- to chase a third goal. And, and that's the sort of thing we need. It, I think what we need now, it reminds me of a few seasons ago when we went very much back to basics and just started grinding it out. And, you know, we're used to this. This, this happens every season. There's a point where we have to sort of dig in and then respond to it. But it's, it's just come so early this year that yeah. it seems like a crisis. I mean, we always have to deal with this at some point. So hopefully, again, this can be a springboard to get out of it. Yeah, this, this whole idea that we, we have to kind of hit rock bottom and then scrape our face along rock bottom for a while before we do anything about it is a bit frustrating at times. It's maddening, isn't it? <laughs> um, I just want it to stop. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all do. Um, Arsene Wenger starting Yaya Sonogo was interesting. It was enforced in a way, obviously, because Danny Welbeck didn't make it through injury. Yeah. And Olivier Giroud uh, booked the Arsenal trend by coming back sooner from injury mm. rather than much, much later, which is, uh, I guess, what the medical staff were counting on. Um, yeah. So they didn't register him for the knockout stages of the Champions League. I've seen a bit of criticism for Wenger about that, which is insane, because if he, you know, if he had stayed out the whole time, he'd have got the same criticism criticism for not um you know for for, for not registering yeah him. so it's it's crazy or registering yeah. sorry um but look he, he had a choice then to make between lucas podolsky joel campbell and, and yaya sonogo and i think it's clear he doesn't see podolsky as a center forward i think it's clear he doesn't see an awful lot in joel campbell given how little he's played mm. so he stuck sonogo in and before the game you know the 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 reaction, I suppose, uh, understandable to an extent, people don't associate Yaya Sonogo with goals. Um, no. And I think he's a little bit unfortunate in the sense that he still hasn't played more than 20 games. A lot no, of those are I mean, substitute appearances. Yeah, his minutes must be tiny yeah. in comparison to the record he's you know he's beaten with quite often. Exactly. So uh, great to see him do it and do it so quickly into a game that will have done him the world of good. Absolutely. I mean, what's what I feel has been lost actually in the uh, sort of relief from from Arsenal fans and the sort of ah, 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 he finally scored from everybody else uh, was how good his his work to get the ball to Cthulhu in the first place to then get yeah. it back to him was. It was, it was magnificant. So Quite much a back heel there. Wasn't it? Yeah, like but after sort of juggling it with his knee a little bit, it was like a forward back heel and then latching onto it. And his the, the sort of calmness with which he finished was great as well through the goalkeeper's legs. And as we were touching on early, really, you know, when you're not calm. It's easy to just blast things like that. Jack Wilshere's miss against uh, United was a was a mm. great example of that, and he he just held his composure really well. I mean, obviously, there's still the other side to his game where uh, later on in the game he had all the time in the world and just found everything to do but the right thing. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, it vindicates the manager because it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, if you look at Podolski. Uh, Sonogo and Joel Campbell in, in that scenario of who you're going to pick as your front man. I think all of them really, the, the cons outweigh the pros. People talked to Podolsky's record before, but like he just hasn't done it for us in that position. And we all want him to. We all want him to be that player that we thought he would be when we signed him in the sort of centre forward position, but it just doesn't work. So, you know, Vega deserves credit there for, for at least. Um, 
knowing who was going to work best in the centre forward option. I think that the point was that his hold up plays better than the other two players there. And yeah. I guess that's why he picked him rather than a goal threat. But it's a, it's a damn nice bonus that we got one. Yeah, I mean, th- there's something quite interesting when you look at the starts that Yaya Sonogo has been given by Arsene Wenger. And you remember that he arrived last season uh, and then was sent away. He had picked up a back injury and ostensibly they uh, sent him away to, to bulk up and, and yeah. to get stronger. That was the story anyway. But when you look back at the circumstances in which he started some of these games, I'll just list them for you here. Arsenal mm. had been smashed at Anfield 5-1 and then drew nil-nil with the David Moyes Man United side and everyone was going fucking mental mm. uh, because, you know, first you get beaten like that and then you can't beat that Manchester United team. So the next game is the FA Cup fifth round against Liverpool, team that had just beaten us. He put mm. Sonogo in. Uh, the game after that was home to Bayern Munich in the Champions League. He put Sonogo in. The next start Sonogo got was in the FA Cup quarterfinal against Everton. The next start he gets is in the FA Cup semifinal against Wigan at Wembley. Yeah. Bring it round to this season, and the manager is under probably the most intense pressure he's ever been under in his time at the club. We've been beaten yeah. by Manchester United. We've lost to Swansea, thrown away a three-goal lead, and he is... Confident enough in Yaya Sonogo, a player who he must know is something of a lightning rod for for criticism or the failures mm. of the team. Uh, unfairly, I think, but, you know, let's not uh, avoid the fact that, that that's true. He puts him into a game where he knows he's got to win and he's got to get a good result. It speaks volumes for the faith he must have in this in this guy, even if there's obviously a long way for him to go. Arsene Wenger mm. must see a lot in him. Absolutely. I think the FA Cup final was an interesting performance from Sonogo as well because he yeah. threw them in there as a, as a sort of wild card because really he just ran around and confused everything, which is unorthodox but was, was brilliant to see. And I think he, he does have that X factor that I guess they're seeing more of in training. And part of what I wonder about as well with, with Wenger with stuff like that, he had the same with Aaron Ramsey in the past and uh, Emmanuel Abbey to a much, much higher degree. But it has to get really, really bad for him to even care, doesn't it? He just I think he's so good at ignoring that stuff and, and just insulating the players from it that I, I wonder if, um, you know, because you and I, we're, we're, we're checking Twitter every day. We're looking at every little bit of Arsenal news there is. You wonder how much this, this actually comes back to the players as well. Do they sort of monitor it in the same way? But yeah. I, I really just think... You're right. It does. It does show how much faith he's got in him, and he's a stubborn man, as we've seen in so many ways. But I think you know this is actually one of the positives of that stubbornness that he's he's willing to just ignore everything until he has the chance to say, "I told you so," which yeah. I guess he's getting today. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, I think in in the in the squad at the moment, when we've got Welbeck, when we've got Giroud coming back, when we've got Theo Walcott coming back, Alexis, you know, I don't know that Sonogo is ever going to be the guy who's going to lead our line, but if he becomes a useful squad player, then yeah. I don't think we can really have any complaints. No, absolutely not. I mean, the guy's got to have a chance to develop. I mean, he, he is a confusing and, and strange player. But, you know, he's done very well um, at youth level for France. And he, he had a very, very good pre-season. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? I mean, imagine if Joel Campbell was getting the same stick. No one's seeing him play very much. So, therefore, he's rubbish and needs to be the butt of every joke. It just makes no sense mm. to, to treat a player like that of, you know, the team that you supposedly support. There's a, a key... Key meaning in the words of Port there. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, it's a funny one. I mean, Sinago has it. It's he's almost taken the place of Nicholas Bentner, isn't he? But he's done so little to, to deserve that. It just seems like I don't know. There's always going to be a scapegoat when when yeah. you're having a, a season as infuriating as we are that is so familiar. I guess we need a new fall guy, and, and Sinago's maybe been in for a bit. So I don't know. We're going to have to get a new one. I'm not sure who that's going to be now. Yeah, well, well, whoever can come out of uh, China Whites with their pants around their ankles. Um, Absolutely. That, that's the new guy. Um, <laughs> we touched on the manager and uh, the, the criticism of him. Um, a lot of exposure in the mainstream press, in the broadsheet press, talking mm. about his future and whether or not he has a future. Um He's been quite bullish, though, this week, talking about how he, he said to, to Jonas, I bet you we, we're going to have a good season. We're going to have a strong season. I'll bet you on that, he said. He didn't mm. quite say what he was going to bet. Now, we know that's very much his, his public persona. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you talk about us sitting around uh, looking at all the bits of Arsenal news, and I know they are insulated to a certain extent, he can't be unaware of the, of the criticism that's been leveled yeah. towards him. Well, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there seems to be a groundswell of opinion at the moment, doesn't there? But the sort of the uh, the Wenger out guys, or uh, Wenger out, as um, Tayo from the Tuesday Club brilliantly points out that they always do, um, is it, it seems to be louder. There seems to be more of them now. I think you know this result doesn't mask the fact that there are a lot of problems now and problems that have been there for a long time. And I think the opinion of of, of the manager's future is split into three camps. There are those people that are, will blindly support Wenger because they seem to think that doing anything other than that is sort of basically treason. And then you get the people that have been too frustrated for too long, perhaps paying too much money to be frustrated for too long, that are just convinced they want him out. Mm-hmm. And then there's everybody else, which I think is the majority of people um, who are football fans who are, you know, naturally optimistic because you have to be as a football fan, that's part of it, who basically just want that. And to sort out the very, very obvious problems. I think it's clear to a lot of us that there are some very straightforward, obvious, simple things he can sort out, like, you know, signing a defender, getting a bit more, you know, beef in the midfield. And then, you know, maybe we could challenge. I, I think it is possible for Wenger to get us in a position where we could challenge again. But it, it seems to be that he's the guy making the very strange decisions that are standing in the way of that. And that's, that's how I want to see it play out. I want to see him. You look tired. I take it the caffeine, toothpaste, and adrenaline face serum aren't working? Well, maybe you should ask Santa for a Nectar mattress this year. And if the big guy brings you another unicorn finger puppet, don't worry, because mattresses start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com today. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply sort of swallow his pride as he has done with the signing of Ozil and the signing of Alexis and maybe just you know be a bit more I don't know confident in, in the new Premier League landscape I made this point on the, on the football ramble last week 
um, when things were a bit more doom and gloom surrounding Arsenal, which was the last time we were genuinely relevant in terms of a title challenge because we won it. We were basically only ever competing against Manchester United, but now there's Chelsea and the City on the landscape. We didn't have those sort of mega clubs where every signing is, is an international uh, to compete with, and we, we need to step up to that. And apparently we've got a little bit more money now, and yeah, it's going to take a while to do that, but... I think Wenger's got to accept that it, that frugality is, is, is completely, completely gone now. We, we have to just try and compete with the big boys. Yeah. I know he, he sort of seems to measure success, it would seem, as finishing fourth every year. Yada, yada, yada. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes in terms of the board not really pushing him to do more than that. But it's just you wonder how much more he can take because as you said earlier I think this might be the most pressure he's been under in terms of the, the fan reaction it's yeah. it's taken a lot for people to turn on Wenger but it's starting to happen just after we've won the FA Cup I mean that shows you how bad it is but I mean people will say okay take your points absolutely but they will say well look there have been obvious problems for years and years and years that mm. Arsene Wenger hasn't dealt with and that they don't have any confidence in him to deal with the these problems um going forward. I mean, you talk about, for example, signing Ozil and signing Alexis, that, okay, that that's a sign of ambition, to my mind, Absolutely. is signing these world-class players. But in a way, that's completely offset by making the big gamble that he did in the summer by not signing enough defenders. Yeah. Um, and that, I think, is where, where the frustration lies, is that, you know, you, you could, when, you, when you sign these players and you think, Christ, these guys are going to really make us so much better but then you in a way you kind of undo that by making what seems to be a fairly fundamental error uh, at the other end yeah and you make those players jobs harder so yeah, every week sure. they're slogging it and having to come back from a goal down thinking god do i really want this you know i mean there's so many teams that would have either of those players mm. and, and you wonder how long they'll stick around for that um so, yeah, I mean, the defender thing is, is absolute negligible madness, but it makes me wonder, again, going back to sort of how long it's been since we were last a genuine force in the Premier League, if the game has just moved on without us, where we've been sort of paying off the stadium for so long and having to cut corners, is our scouting network what it was? Is, is the team that deals with the, the transfers what it was? You know, I, I wonder if maybe we've been so complacent with the praise that we've had for the football we've played and for the revolutions that, that Wenger's made in the Premier League, that maybe we have been a little bit left behind and the club are content to sort of sit there taking the money and haven't really looked at that. It's, it's so difficult to know, isn't it, from the mm. outside looking in? But it certainly looks that if these same problems are happening over and over again, um, then then nothing is changing. There's a there's a very famous saying about uh, a fool is someone who does the same thing over and over again and expects a different result. And there must be someone at the club doing that. That, that could be Arsene Wenger, um, indeed. But I, I, that seems mental to me. If yeah. we can see these things. Surely he can see these things. Why is he not doing anything about it? It's, it's, I mean, we could have had this conversation five years ago and it would have been as relevant. And I just, I just don't understand why nothing changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that then it speaks to the frustration that some of the people who, who want a change of manager, mm. uh, you know, that's why perhaps they're so, so strident about it is because, you know, if we can do this, we could have had this conversation five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, the other issue, of course, is... Um, if, if you talk about changing a football manager, um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to talk about him without having an option or without, yeah. you know, is there any point in doing it for the sake of doing it 
or you know, do, are you better, uh, better, uh, better than the devil? You know, in a way, until yeah. such time as you can make a decision that will bring the football club forward. Because to, what what strikes me sometimes is that th- there appears to be a a belief that changing the manager will be the dawn of a new era of success for yeah. Arsenal Football Club, that that's all it will take for us to win the title again and to compete in Europe and to win the Champions League is to get a new manager. And yeah. I think it's m- much, much more complex than that. Absolutely, especially when you know someone's as embedded in the club as Wenger. There's been so much talk of him going upstairs when he uh, decides to stop managing anyway. That, that that might mean that some of the issues with the infrastructure maintain as well. And who are you going to get? People always say, oh, we'll just get Guardiola in. It's, not, it's just not as simple as that, is it? You can't just go, oh, we need a defender. Just, I'll get Tony Adams back. You can't just, like, pick the best option you want and just decide that you can do that. So it's it's true, isn't it? Jurgen Klopp is another one uh, who's been been linked. But, I mean, obviously he's having a terrible time at Dortmund. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad manager. But it guarantees nothing. Guarantees absolutely nothing. Look at the problems Chelsea had. Um, It might also, with someone like Klopp, sorry, just to to interrupt, with someone like Klopp, it might almost consolidate him there to, to, to the point where he wants to make things better that, that if they have a terrible season that's not a reason to leave that's a reason yeah. to stay absolutely well I think that's been Wenger's uh, issue for a long time isn't it so obviously it hurts him it pains him that, yeah. that we've fallen away from, from challenging every year and, uh, and he, I, th- I think the FA Cup wasn't enough for him There's, uh, Amy Lawrence wrote a piece in the Guardian last week about well, why didn't he go out on a high I don't think it's enough for him I think He'll have to win the league or the Champions League for him to be satisfied. We know he's a stubborn man, uh, and we know that he's obviously a very proud man. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know who's going to come next. What, what I do think is interesting, though, in terms of my own personal opinion, is that um, I don't want Wenger to, to quit or to be sacked, like I say, in my own perhaps naive um, idealism. What I want is for him to sort these problems out and then go out in a blaze of glory, but... By the same token, I sort of I, I look forward to the future. You know, I look forward to who's the next manager going to be. What's that going to bring for Arsenal? Because yeah. it's it's been like well, he's been there for eighteen years. You know, that's it's my entire adult life, and, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. But yeah. kind of scary as well. I mean. You can't just expect the fact that we've supposedly got some money behind us now to mean that we'll go on to be a sort of European mega club. Look at the problems Man United have had. And like I started to say, look at the problems Chelsea have had, aside from um, Ancelotti uh, since Mourinho left mm. the first time. You know, it's, just, it's a very difficult thing to get a, a football club right. You can't just throw names at it and go, yeah, that will definitely work. Mm. OK, manager to one side. Bad news about Jack Wilshire, who is going to mm. be out for, for three months. He really doesn't seem to have any luck at all, Jack. And uh, I've seen people blame him for for this particular injury or for being brittle. And, and we know he's a bit injury prone, but in this case, it seems remarkably uh, hard luck and a bit cruel that uh, a tackle and a fairly bad tackle, which didn't even get punished, uh, is going to rule him out for three months. He's had surgery on his ankle. Yeah, I mean, he's not... It's one of those like funny ones, isn't it? Yeah, certain players are injury prone if they have like muscle problems or they pull up sprinting. If you if you get like kicked in the shin and then your shin gets injured, that's not being injury prone, is it? That's just cause and effect. So <laughs> it's harsh to criticise him for that. Um, 
But yeah, he, he does have no luck, and it's a shame because he's been coming into really good form for for England as well. And with Arteta going out, I mean, you wonder who's going to sort of dig in there with Flamini for the, for the games where we need a bit more bite. And you would have thought that Wilshire would actually be a great candidate to to go back in there and, and sort of shore up the midfield in the absence of, of Arteta. So I, mean, I was actually quite exciting to see excited to see if we'd explore that option, but that's been taken away as well. So I mean, this is such a bad period for it as well. There's so many games coming thick and fast mm. the Christmas period is, I think we got West Ham on the 26th QPR on the 28th um, and that, you know they're, they're going to be dogfights both of those games yeah. and yeah it's, it, we, we just need to find a rhythm that works and have a team that can just power us through this period and then hopefully some of those guys can get a rest when the other other injured players come back and yeah. it, it it seems like such a patchwork squad just through the inaction in the transfer market in the summer and also the, the ridiculous amount of injuries we're getting yeah I mean it is it, it's a fairly daunting schedule over the next couple of weeks as well because we've got uh, West Brom away then we've yeah. got Southampton at home and Southampton are having a great season they the following are. week we've got to go to a very intimidating uh, Galatasaray to Istanbul to play them. We know that's going to be difficult. And before we go to Galatasaray, we've got to go to an even worse part of the world in Stoke, yeah. uh, away from home as well. So it just, you know, we could really do without these uh, these injuries, particularly in midfield where we, we really did have some depth. But with Arteta mm. gone, with Wilshire gone, we don't necessarily have quite as as much as we might like. No, absolutely. I mean, I think quite often what Arsenal were very good at uh, in coming out of these periods where where things have not gone exactly as we hoped is um, we would respond to that by picking up a few good results and then spanking someone, you know, just giving someone an absolute hiding. And it's a a hallmark of any of the the top teams um, that they do that. And you look at those fixtures and you you wonder where that game's going to come because they all look tricky. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, our own form makes every match look tricky. Even West Brom away, they're they're having a terrible time at West Brom. Seda Barahino is their only player that scored more than one goal. But I look at that and think, "Eh, that's... That could be a draw there. We could we could mess that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that is very us. Uh, maybe uh, a quick January call to uh, to Kim uh, Shellstrom. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it worked so brilliantly last time. Yeah, um, guaranteed trophies from yeah, be from well. so far experience. Yeah, and he could he could arrive in January, play his first game in April. Everyone yeah, can. absolutely. Everyone He's got can. a broken spine. It literally doesn't matter because yeah. that's what happened before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll keep fingers crossed that we can keep players fit between now and January when we might be able to bring that that legend back. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Jim Campbell, thanks very much. See you later. Thank you to Jim. You can, of course, find him on the Football Ramble podcast. If you don't listen already, you can check it out at thefootballramble.com. Uh, and he's also on Twitter, at Jim Campbell TFR. At Jim Campbell TFR. Right. We're going to do this... And then we'll be back with a competition and a look ahead to the weekend's game against West Brom. Join us as we take another enchanting adventure into the world of the angriest man on Twitter. Oi, Winger! What are you doing playing Yaya Sonogo in a game that we have to win? We're playing like a pack of horse wankers, twatting horse wankers, and you're putting in Sonogo, who has never, ever, ever scored a goal in his life. Sonogo's done so well, he's in here, Yaya Sonogo! 
what a moment for that young man, Yaya Sonogo, with the Champions League goal for Arsenal. How are we supposed to win games with a player who's only ever, ever, ever scored one goal in his life? Next week, another madcap laugh-a-minute romp with the angriest man on Twitter. Everything is shit! Okay then, before we look ahead to this weekend's trip to West Brom, time for our competition. Last week, we had two fantastic Savile Rogue scarves to give away. They're brand new Faithful scarves. We had two of those to give away. And the question that I posed to you at the time was, who did Bruce Rioch manage before he became manager of Arsenal? The answer, of course, is Bolton Wanderers. Thank you for all your entries. The winners are... Cody Carrett, well done to you, and Jared Crowley. So Cody Carrett and Jared Crowley, stand by. There'll be an email coming your way. We'll get your details and get the prize sent out to you this week. Thanks to Savile Rogue, you can find them at savile-rogue.com. We've got three pairs of red and white slipper socks, which are absolutely great. They keep your feet nice and warm, sitting in front of the fire, glass of wine, glass of bourbon, glass of bourbon in your wine, bourbon. But no, that's not going to work. But the slipper socks are great, honestly. And we've got three pairs of them, red and white, to give away. All you have to do, please, is answer this following question. Which Arsenal player who scored a hat-trick against Chelsea ended up playing for West Brom? Pretty simple. So which Arsenal player who scored a hat-trick against Chelsea ended up playing for West Brom? If you could send your answers, please, to competition at arseblog.com. That's competition at arseblog.com. And the random number generator will do its thing before next Friday and choose a winner. And we give you the details of the winners on next week's show. So get entering. Now, West Brom, away. And as Jim was saying... This is one of those games where you're kind of thinking, yes, this could be quite good because, you know, the West Brom aren't very good. As it stands, where, where are they in the table? I'm just going to do some, some live research here. This is how it happens in high-pressure environments, broadcast environments. They are currently 13th. I couldn't see them there. I was looking at the table for ages going, where the hell are they? They're not bottom. They're not top. They're 13th. Um, so you would think, or you would like to think that this is a game from which we could take three points, particularly after getting a confidence building win against Dortmund in midweek. Then again, we know very well that this Arsenal side has a a capacity to surprise you in not terribly exciting ways at times. We are, let's face it, capable of anything, anything. So I was encouraged by the win against Dortmund, and there were some very positive things to take out of it, it's going to take a little bit more than that to convince me that that we're capable of not doing the mad stuff that we do all the time. We have, of course, got some injury problems. Jack Wilshire out for three months, as we spoke about. Mikel Arteta, who was very good against Dortmund and who added some real uh, composure to our midfield, He's going to be gone. I don't know quite for how long yet. They're uh, talking about it being quite serious, so it could be three weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Who knows? That would be bad. Uh, that means Matthew Flamini is going to come into the midfield in that holding role. He's he's a sensible player, at least. He's not somebody who will charge around and pick up uh, an early booking and then not be able to make a tackle for the rest of the game. That's, that's not him. <clears throat> 
We don't know yet about Danny Welbeck. Um, we don't know yet about Wojciech Szczesny. Although I have to say I was encouraged by the performance of Amy Martinez. I thought he was uh, very good against Storm and made a, a brilliant save towards the end of the, the first half. And, and maybe it's just me, and maybe it's very early days and I shouldn't be passing any kind of judgment on him, but I don't get the, the fear from him that I used to get from Vito, from Manone. And, uh, you know, I was glad for, for Vito when he left and he seemed to do well at Sunderland for a while before it all went a bit Vito. But I don't quite get that off of Martinez, even though one of the only games he's played for us was a bit of a disaster, that 7-5 uh, Capital One Cup game against Reading. And he was a bit dodgy in that first half, it has to be said. But he's a few years older. He's had a loan spell. I wouldn't be necessarily too worried if he had to continue and goal ahead of Wojciech Szczesny. But we do have Olivier Giroud back. Um, you, you would like to think that if Danny Welbeck doesn't make it, he's going he's gonna to lead the line. We looked a lot more solid defensively, so if we can maintain that against West Brom, that will be good. Lauren Koscielny, of course, was back on the bench, uh, maybe just to get him involved again in the match day. The manager obviously wasn't going to take any chances. If something had happened to one of the central defenders, at least we had some cover. So it's an encouraging sign that he's back on the bench. So it's a little bit swings, a little bit roundabouts in terms of the injuries. And we've got to just try and build on what we did against Dortmund because uh, there's no resting at this time of year. As we mentioned, we've got uh, a big game then in midweek against Southampton who are, are doing very, very well this season, who've already beaten us at the Emirates, of course, in the Capital One Cup. A little bit different in terms of the team we'd put out, but maybe uh, when we lose another three players to injury on Saturday, we'll have to put out a Capital One Cup team because that's pretty much all we've got left. We'd be like, uh, is there any chance of getting Coquelin back from, from loan? Any? But uh, look, we'll... Um, We'll try and, and focus on, on the positives and hope that we can get the good result that we need against West Brom. We need three points in the league, no doubt about it. Um, despite the terrible run we've had recently and despite the fact this season hasn't gone particularly well, hang on, here comes a bit more live research, we are just two points off the top four. So, it, you know, it's not out of, our, uh, out of our reach by any stretch of the imagination. And if, by some chance, we can put a few games together and win some games consecutively, like good teams should, then who knows what might happen. But we've got to start doing it quickly. Um, and let's hope we do that uh, tomorrow against West Brom. So really, that's about it. We'll have an Arscast Extra on Monday, of course, when we'll look back to what happened against West Brom and look ahead to what's going to happen or might happen against Southampton on Wednesday or in midweek, whenever that is. I can't quite remember. I think it's Wednesday. Should I do some more live research? I probably should, shouldn't I? Seeing as, seeing as I'm talking this up as a thing. I'm pretty sure that it's Wednesday. Um, let's have a look. Southampton. Yes, it's Wednesday. Um, so... Yeah, there you go. You probably knew that, and that was all quite redundant. But look, let's keep fingers crossed for the weekend. Three points will be good, and we can take it from there uh, and see what happens. All right, until the Arsecast Extra on Monday, and until next week's Arsecast, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye.
God. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? You can hear me. Okay, great, great. Satan here. How are you? Good, good. Glad, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Oh, no, fine. I'm fine. You know, same old, same old for the most part. Kids are driving me mad, though, you know? Well, of course, you know. Can't take your eye off them for a second. They're down there causing all kinds of trouble and shenanigans. But look, that's not why I'm calling. Um, got a little bit of an issue down here. Um, the entire place appears to have frozen over. Yet I can't figure it out. I've had my people look at it, and uh, there just seems to be no explanation. It's like a winter wonderland, frozen completely from top to bottom. And as as you're aware, that's kind of not what we're about down here. So I'm just wondering if you had any idea why this might have happened. Oh, you do? Marvelous. Well, brilliant. Um, what is it? Who the hell is Yaya Sunogo? This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply.